probably has a decent shot at getting out of this if if it's something that hasn't been tested before at least plead probably pleading guilty to a misdemeanor to get out of it yeah. so as as far <laughs> as what i need to see to say it's just all politically motivated would be if they say okay we're just coming after him with for a misdemeanor that would i'd be like okay that's stupid you know don't do that uh, that's obviously chris, politically motivated. chris 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 guys so a lawyer who represents trump in a civil case brought by new york state called the indictment quote the lowest point in history from our for for our criminal justice system that was eight minutes ago what was once the most respected and reversed district sorry, revered district attorney's office in the nation has been fully bastardized by an opportunistic politician seeking, like many others, to cash in on the Trump brand. The complete lag of legal basis, coupled with the politically targeted nature of the prosecution, should strike fear into every citizen in this country, irrespective of their views of President Trump. Um, TJ, would love your thoughts on this, and then we'll go to John. So I think that my view was just Expressly given by that statement, every American should be completely afraid after what has happened with this indictment, whether Trump is guilty or not. And to Joe's point, elites should not be held, uh, should not be held above the law. But Trump is being held accountable not because we're trying to set that precedent. We're setting the precedent that if you are the wrong elite, you can be, you can be prosecuted for this. I'm plain and simple. The only charge that we're looking at is falsification of business records to conceal a separate offense, which, as has been pointed out in this in this discussion, is an election finance issue, which the FEC itself said was not an election finance violation. So it, it's it's extremely stretched if it's even valid. Um, I, at the so I'm just thinking back to August 2020. I was having dinner with a man named Jeff Deist. He's the former president of the Ludwig von Mises Institute. And one of his biggest themes in his, ac in his academic work is that we're moving into a post-persuasion America where politics has finally dropped its pretenses. Uh, a demo the, there's, de Democratic nations have hailed the ballot box as a veil to ensure the ballot is a substitute for bullets, but now it's becoming abundantly clear that politics is becoming even closer to war than it is as well. Again, the elite T TJ, are not... Hold on, Joe, 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 just says, sorry, before giving you the mic, statement, uh, so Bragg's office just sent out a statement. This evening, we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal. Guidance will be prov provided when the arraignment date is selected. And I know Joe, you want to jump in, and TJ had more to say, but I'd love yeah. to get—I'd love to put in Matt, to get Matt, Matt Couch's thoughts on this. He's been with us for a while, Joe. If you don't mind, Matt. Yeah. I know you, you had a glitch earlier, Matt. I will go to you in a bit, TJ. But Matt, would love your thoughts on what we've seen so far as developments happening every couple of minutes. Yeah, it's moving so fast and uh, running in the media side. It's been nuts. So I apologize for for being in and out, but. I think anyone who thinks that Trump's going to be marched in and, and fingerprinted or handcuffed and mugshotted is delusional uh, at this point with Secret Service protocol. I've been on the phone with Secret Service agents, former ones, as well as FBI agents. It's not going to happen, folks. Uh, you know, there's, it's just not going to happen. It, it would violate national security protocols. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to lock down the entire area, kick out everybody from NYPD that they don't trust. Uh, he's a hard target. It will never happen with the Secret Service. Uh, it's just not going to happen. I think that's something that people are kind of getting in an uproar for nothing over this. Uh, they'll, they'll end up negotiating something more or less. The Ron DeSantis news with the lack of extradition is going to be interesting. 
because the state of Florida is going to fight the extradition of Trump now. DeSantis has came out and backed Trump, says he won't. He, he will have nothing to do with extraditing him back to Manhattan or to, to the state of New York. This is going to be a real, real political mess. And it's been a really, really nasty week in America with school shootings and politics. This has just been uh, one of the most horrific weeks I've had to cover in, in my lifetime in politics. It doesn't matter if you're left or right. This, this has just been a terrible week on all fronts to try to cover this. It's not good for the country on any level, Mario. It's terrible uh, that we're at this state as a nation. Um, I agree with uh, you know uh, what one of the presidential candidates said earlier when he was in here. This is just one of those times where this is a chance to, you know, there's a chance for Joe Biden to come out and say, hey, look, I don't like the weaponization and the politicalization of uh, arresting political opponents. This is America. It's, you know, um, if it was something, you know, nasty, espionage, something along those lines, you know, I, I don't think there's a conservative or a Republican or even a Trump supporter that wouldn't say, hey, you know, we're, we're interested in this. But the fact that it's over uh, over Stormy Daniels, a porn star who's who's got multiple notarized uh, documents as well as affidavits where she says she's never slept with him. You've got Michael Cohen's law firm who's put out multiple statements saying that they that Trump never had anything to do with it and none of his money nor campaign funds were used. I, I'd love to see what this is because we're, we're, we're hearing this as the hush money argument. So uh, th this could play out for years in court, especially if it's at the Supreme Court in New York. Trump could be president of the United States and and pardon himself at that point by the time this thing even gets to a courtroom. So I don't think back, he could pardon you? himself because it's a state crime. He wouldn't be able to pardon himself. But I don't know if the DA, I don't think New York State would, you know, go forward with it while he's a sitting president. I agree, Ed. I agree, brother. I do. Yeah, so, so, Matt, so basically what you're saying is this situation is going to play out differently from what we're hearing in the media. Do you believe that Trump will actually? surrender in new york city or did you say no i'm probably the wrong guy to ask if i'm trump i let him put me in handcuffs and i get a teardrop tattoo for the next time i'm on stage that's what i would do um you know i'm just being straight with you guys i would i would play to it I, i'd be like you know they put me in jail they arrested me they've came for me i'm the only one protecting you if i were him that would be my mo he, he no one gets out of these situations uh, no one turns a horrible situation into gold like Donald Trump. And who knows what he's going to do? He's, you know, for all the times everybody on both sides of the aisle says he's done or he's, he's not a smart guy, he comes out smelling like a rose. And, and I would be stunned to see if he doesn't uh, pivot here, Nick, and do something that, that shocks everyone. I don't think we're going to really know until early next week. You, you know, I, I, don't Matt, think, I, I don't think what DeSantis said has any relevancy whatsoever because Trump won't give DeSantis that win and actually, you know, say, I'm not, I think Trump's going to turn himself in. He won't just sit there and be like, I'm not turning myself in and then expect DeSantis to protect him because that's going to give DeSantis a win. And that's something he doesn't want to give him right now. So I, I fully suspect that Trump's going to turn himself in, do what, what Manhattan wants him to do. Trump, Trump's, um, Trump's lawyer did say that Trump will be turning himself in next week. And uh, we read that, uh, uh, they said that to NBC about 15, so, 20 so, minutes I, ago. I, I think DeSantis is kind of trying to play this off like he's protecting Trump in order to keep the MAGA base on his side at least a little bit, whereas he knows it's not really going to come into play. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say, and I agree with what Matt was saying, is, TJ, the point you're making about this being political and others as well, Hunter Biden is being, being looked at for charges in with the IRS and two other charges in Delaware by a Republican DA. Like, if you want to talk about politicized, they can make the same argument. I think it's a stupid argument. 
we are finally going after and bringing people to trial that look like they did something wrong. And there's evidence that they did. Hunter's being prosecuted by a Republican DA. Trump is being prosecuted by a Democrat DA. Good. The political class should be brought to trial the same way Americans are brought to trial all the time when there's a little bit of evidence. And these guys need a lot of evidence to be brought to trial. Well, Joe, I might put... See, no, 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 no. I want to point... I want to respond to that directly because I was in response to what I'm saying. Look, fact is we should not be lowering the burden of prosecution in order to equalize it out. Less liberty is not the answer. The answer is more liberty. The bar should be higher for prosecution of everyday individuals. And also, a grand jury has not been assembled for Hunter. An indictment has not been handed down for Hunter, even though he flagrantly attempted to purchase a gun whenever he can't under Form 4473. I don't support that law. Do we know that a grand jury hasn't been assembled? Because they're usually secret, so we don't actually know that. I mean, I'll believe it whenever I see it, but there's nothing to support the notion that there has been one that's been that's been assembled. So no, there is a dual system of government. Barack Obama, as president, murdered a 16-year-old American citizen by by way of drone strike. He's never faced any consequences for that. Um, I, I mean, again, these guys, these elites are all crime families, and this is not going to be a prosecution of equal treatment. This is simply put that Donald Trump is the wrong type of elite. And that doesn't mean we, and again, as, as you said, like if we were treating the, if we were, if we treat the everyday American the way we treat the elites in our criminal justice system, Joe, I'd be happy. But that doesn't mean we should lower the standard but, for them. But, it means we should TJ, raise the standard for everyone. But, well, yeah, I agree. You make a good argument about raising the standard for everyone. I agree. We bring way too many people to trial. But we are talking about a person who had a trial or a, a case every three days for the last 30 years prior to being president. His presidency was the least amount of time he's been in court, not the most. He had 3,500 trials in the last three decades. So it's no wonder that it's happening to this person. I personally don't think it's because it's Donald Trump. I think it's because it's someone who's been in the eye in, in New York for many years, for many decades, and 3,500 trials, I mean, what human being can deal with that? He has, and Matt is right. He turn, He typically tries to turn it into gold, and a lot of people believe it, and some people don't, and I think that's why people are polarized. But that doesn't mean it's because it's Trump and they're picking just one person. His history has a lot to do with this, right? But I think it's a good thing that we are starting to go after the elites in the political class. You're right. Obama should have faced a trial for what happened to that girl. Right, just like things should have happened with 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 Bush as well. You know, uh, also Joe, to your, real quick, on this real so, quick. Hang on, well, real quick. Give me just one second. I just wanted to point out that it's not. I I understand what Joe is saying from a from an ideological standpoint. I believe that everyone should be held accountable if they've committed crimes. But bringing Hunter Biden up in this, I want to push back a little bit. Hunter Biden's not running for president. Hunter Biden is not a sitting president. Hunter Biden wasn't persecuted as a president in office. Matter of fact, everyone's avoided even looking at Hunter Biden. And yeah, and yeah, so but, no, but, but they're not the same finish, kind of people. Ahead, yeah, but they're not the same kind of people. And that's not the same kind of conversations being had here. Right? So it, they had how, how long? Seven years to bring this case forward? And they're yeah, just now he, doing it when he's a current no, because he is president and they wouldn't wouldn't prosecute him as a sitting president because that goes against DOJ policy. It goes against probably every policy as far as district attorneys go so when would have been the right time as soon as he left office maybe but the new york investigation did well not when he's in office they wouldn't prosecute him when he was in office and that's why they didn't prosecute him when they prosecuted michael cohen even though 
they were basically collaborating on the on the fraud that they went for with. So they they wouldn't prosecute him when he was in office. Same reason Mueller said, you know, we can't we can't even recommend obstruction of justice charges right now because we can't say we would we can charge him. So if we can't charge him, you can't obstruct justice. So they wouldn't go after him when he's in office. So the only alternative would be when he's out of office. And yeah, it's two years later, over two years later. But investigation takes time. The Manhattan Manhattan wasn't necessarily investigated. Listen, let's, let's wait, 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 wait. Were there were there not a couple in in, in uh, impeachments? There have been indictments going on continually, yeah, yeah, nonstop, yeah, yeah. against President Trump. But impeachments and indictments are not the same thing. It's the same. It's, it's all the same political hoax. It's, it's just a different. Yeah, no, it's a different flavor of it. It's a political hoax. And by the way, this is organized. Senate. It's not. This is not Alvin Bragg. And, and, this is. A, and, and, this is a coordinated effort to keep him off that. the ballot. You can say that, but you don't know that. I, I, I do. I would. Oh, yeah. I would be willing listen, to bet that is not organized, listen. and it is Alvin Bragg. Look, look at Georgia. Look at Georgia. Let's put a little perspective on this, guys. Let's just put a little perspective on this. First of all, there was a reason, a serious reason, why Gerald Ford pardoned. Uh, Richard Nixon on charges that were far more substantive and truly criminal than this one. Why did he do it? He did it because of everything that we're going through right now in this discussion, because of the way that it breaks down a political system. Now, he did it on very serious charges, like Richard Nixon truly did commit crimes, and he would have truly been convicted. The re yeah, the, no, Hold on, hold on, Ed. Hold on, Ed. You had to say, I want to make a point. This is very serious. Listen, the the charges as we know them right now, and Ed, you can speculate about all the things that all oh, might come out of this. Okay, well, we'll deal with that when that comes up. Here's what we know right now. What we know right now is that Alvin Bragg was looking, at least what we publicly know right now is that Alvin Bragg was looking at this case, which, by the way, the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney put aside because he didn't have evidence for it, and this is a case of paying money, which apparently we understand Michael Cohen actually paid out of his funds. And then we can talk about all the fungibility of that all we want to. But there is a lot of question about the charge that we know is in front of us. The, and the one that is there is so insubstantial to what Gerald Ford wanted to take care of because if we're going to politicize what we're doing in our justice system which by the way we also know for a fact well for a fact that hillary clinton had a server in a denver uh bathroom where she was violating law by having classified documents go outside of the systems that the government sets up and we still had uh james comey set that aside the reason we do not do these things is because we get into third world territory. Nayeb Bukele, the El Salvador president, just tweeted out, retweeting a New York Times article saying this. Imagine if this happened to a leading opposition presidential candidate here in El Salvador. Yes, good point, valid. The, we have but to Jim, understand that point. Alvin Jim, Bragg said Jim, very Jim, clearly that Jim, he was I'm going after Donald Trump. Jim, I'm going to come back to you one second. Byron, you're on the ground, um, and you have. do you have any updates for us? Hey, how are you guys? Thank you for inviting me to the space. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm on the ground right now. By the way, it's Leroy Press from Viral News NYC. Uh, I'm on the ground right now. Alvin Bragg just left the courthouse. There was about a mob of press there. I mean, hundreds of different people from different medias over there just, just waiting for the picture. 
he came out with a heavy police uh, escort. There's tons of police on the ground right now. Uh, helicopters are overhead. Tons of uh, NYPD scooters that I will be posting soon on my page. Uh, go follow it. Uh, and let's see what happens. I don't know. It looks like a media circus at the moment right now. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Trump. I know Alvin Bragg just released a statement stating they're coordinating with Trump's attorneys and figuring out how they're going to arrange this uh, this arrest. My personal thoughts are they're not going to hold him for long. He is an ex-president, and you can't hold an ex-president in jail. It's going to cost you way too much money. He comes with social, uh, Secret Service, so I just, just got to wait, wait it out. I'm also hearing Trump might have his own photographers that'll go in with him and take pictures with him in cuffs. But we'll just wait and see. Like anything could happen. We live in a crazy world, so anything could do, happen. Anything I mean, could do, happen. Do you think that we're going to know the exact day when he? I mean, first of all, is he? And a lot of people are not sure if he's actually going to physically attend. And the second part question is: If he does, do we know what? Um, do we know the exact day? Will we know the exact day? I personally don't know that answer. Um, so from what I'm hearing, some of my connections, that we won't know the date. Uh, this is from what I'm, I'm understanding, and, and don't quote me on this, but this is what people are telling me from Manhattan District Attorney's Office, some friends I have over there. They said they're going to arrange some kind of arrest. We probably won't even know about it, and then they'll release the pictures. At least that's that's Trump, what I'm being Trump's told. Gonna, Trump will let us know the date. I'm confident in that. He'll let us know the date so people can protest. And so people know that is actually Mario, the Secret Service have to do advance and sweep out buildings, clear out buildings, put the dogs in. Exactly. 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 It's, it's not an easy task getting this guy into jail. It's not like they're going to pick me or you up off the street. They, they like, like the guy just said before me, they, they got to do 100 percent security. It takes you, a day or two to scope it out. And then you need to like five or six hours, depending on the size of the building, to clear everybody out, sweep it. It's so it, it might most likely, if this happens at all, is it probably going to be in a in a remote location? It could be you know some innocuous uh, police precinct or somewhere that is easier to secure. Yeah, so Matt, Matt, you might have I mean, some... Matt, you got your hand up. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, Nick, go ahead. You'd have Matt, Matt. I'm sure you have some insight in this as well. Somebody that's working, yeah, with, you know, closely uh, with secret... the Trump crew and the Secret Service and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah I Secret have. Service protocol. They're they're not going to announce where he's going to be. That's something that they despise. If you've ever been in the mm-hmm. Secret Service or no Secret Service agents, they absolutely despise that. They like the element of surprise. Basically, there's a reason he's 45 minutes to an hour late. There's a reason presidents are normally never on time. Uh, and I don't think that you're even, this is such short notice, especially with the Manhattan DA and how this is all coming about. I think you're going to probably see, I, I don't know, it'll, it'll depend on the Secret Service. I don't think, I agree with Ed, Trump would probably love to announce it, but I don't think they're, they're going to allow him to. I could see this being maybe happening in Buffalo. You know, maybe it happens yeah. in a different yeah. precinct and it's and it's not announced. And all of a sudden, you know, they'll let certain members of both sides of the media that won't leak it, that the Secret Service approves, probably be there. So maybe Albany, maybe Buffalo, somewhere else Governor's in Island. New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. But I, I, don't, I don't think you'll see this spectacle. First off, I don't think they can control the crowd down there. We've seen the chaos that New York City's under from de Blasio to Eric Adams. I wouldn't have any faith in, in anyone controlling it, plus announcing that he's going to be there days in advance. Exactly. I, I, it goes yeah. against everything the Secret Service stands for, and they take their job very seriously. They're heroes. They protect presidents. We haven't had an incident since, uh, my God, I don't think what, since Reagan was was shot by, uh, you know, was shot uh, by the knucklehead who's somehow <laughs> free right now. I can't remember his name. He, he plays uh, videos on YouTube still somehow with his guitar, but 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I just think it'll be unannounced. And, exactly. Uh, it'll be privatized. Guys. I mean, I mean, Matt, based on yeah, what you're saying, I mean, that's bit viral. Said that um, they're going to, he's going to be taking his own camera, so that adds a lot of credence to your point. So he's not expecting this to be public, but he wants to make sure he gets the photo shot. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally think the same thing. And like like I said, this is what I was told by people that are friends with people in the district attorney's office. It'll be very secret. He'll be in and out. Uh, who knows if he even gets in cuffs. If he is, it's probably going to be a photo op. Uh, at the end of the day, we got to remember, he, he is he is an ex-president. He's not some Joe Schmo off the street. And uh, look, I think this is going to benefit him. I'd be honest. I, I think once he gets those cuffs on him, he's going to put out those pictures, and that's going to boost up his ratings. And I totally think that. And he'll use it to his advantage. He's not a stupid guy. He's a very smart guy. The guy. People say he's stupid. He's not that stupid. He's extremely smart. Well, and, and by the way, this just plays precisely to the narrative and the discussion that Donald Trump brought to our uh, policy debates related to what everyone hates hearing the term, the deep state or whatever. Listen, that that's what's amazing what? about this, is that there's no thought to what... Uh, you know what what's appropriate here what is really valid like we all want a justice system that's fair but we don't have one that's fair and all this does is highlight what many people are saying and what their frustrations are all over this is and and, and especially in light of the fact that the the what we know so far ed of what the indictment may be, that this is specifically a charge that was turned down by a U.S. attorney. And and what he's doing, what Alvin Bragg's doing, is he's taking a state charge and he's trying to ramp it Actually, up I, into I, 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 I a felony. I, I, I got to jump in here real quick because know. it looks like CNN is now reporting that Trump is facing 34 counts related to falsifying business records. Jesus uh, so Christ. that was just put out from CNN. Don't have any details on that yet. We're, you know, we'll try to get them, but uh, I thought that was pretty pertinent to the conversation and actually what even Jim was just saying. So guys, look, right. this is viral news. I, I got to head back on the street. I went to my car to speak to you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Look, go, go sure. follow my page. I, I'm going to get a lot more footage. I just posted Alvin coming out the courthouse and look, be safe and, and thank you guys. And God bless you guys. All right. Yeah, thanks. Viral. Thank any, you, any, other, any updates you have viral, do hit us up. We'd love you on stage. So how many, so, I would love to bring a prosecutor in, Ricardo, in the background. Bring us some prosecutors on board on the panel. So can you share the articles, uh, uh, the CNN article, Nick, um, so I could put it in the in the thread that's pinned for the audience? There you go. It's business records. Sure. And it's, you know, I think the core is going to be calling in NDA legal expenses. Get Let me know how many times anybody else in New York has ever been tried for that. And and then try that apply to Apply that justice equally across everybody in New York City. It's going to be this is laughable. It is such and, and a Robert. Hoax. Don't wouldn't you wouldn't you suggest based upon hearing that now that there's a possibility that they are trying to ramp it up in to to putting it next to this uh, supposed FEC charge to make it a felony. I mean, the, the, it's just FEC it's just knocked this, it down. FEC dismissed it. Exactly. They, they already looked at it. But but just but just back. Hold on. I, I just have a question, real fast. All right, so Ed, I know you're jumping in. I interrupted you, but just Nick, do you have? Okay, so we're still waiting for that. If anyone has that CNN article for the 34 counts of falsifi falsifying business records, it, it, it looks like it was reported on TV just now. That's that's, that's okay. Why I don't have okay. an article just yet. Ah, uh, perfect, perfect. So it's 100% been reported on TV, Nick. You're pretty confident of that because pretty, pretty, uh, 
pretty big. Does that like it's a 34? Does anyone can anyone give me any clarity? 34 counts of falsifying business records. Can anyone explain? I know we don't have any lawyers on stage, but does anyone have any experience to kind of explain what that really means? How serious is this charge? Just for the for the average Joe that doesn't understand those things. Anyone at all that can give us some clarity? This, this gets Andrew into the kind there. of the minutia of accounting and how you classify expenditures. And, it, you know, if you're calling an NDA legal expenses and, and that was, you know, someone else's payment for that NDA, you know, they're, they're really getting into the, the weeds here that is really should not be the basis for going after a political opponent. There, there are really there are real crimes out there that they should be pursuing, not this bogus stuff. Well, and Robert, I, I want your thoughts on this, because consider this for a moment. Let's say that out of his corporate expenses, he paid Stormy Daniels uh, to comply with an NDA that she was willing to sign. And then he, he, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And he, no, no, no. I know he didn't. I'm just saying, let's just for the sake of argument. And let's say that that uh, he called that legal expenses. Like w w if that were the case, which we know didn't happen. But if that were the case, even on that basis, like you're really trumping up a charge because it really is a legal expense, you know, and 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 the reputational aspect is not just for him personally, but also for his business and so forth. But, you know, again, that gets a little in the weeds, but but that's how absurd the the, uh, the ostensibly what is there to make sure that people in their businesses are reporting things properly when there are others involved or whatever or, or based upon your corporation being in the state like you can really pick at anything on someone's finances to try to find something that you can charge on all right so we, we have a we have we have a confirmation here from paula reed from cnn John Miller tells Aaron Burnett that his sources say Trump charges are 34 counts related to falsifying business records. So it kind of supports your point, Nick. Um, yeah, so I'd love I'd love some attorneys. We're bringing some attorneys on stage to kind of give us more clarity. Hold on, Fidgetal's there. Fidgetal, if you can give us some clarity, do come up uh, and just tell us more about this, Fiji. Uh, otherwise, we do have but Nicholas Mario, here. Ed, I know, and I was about to give you the mic because I did interrupt you I earlier. So, Ed, I'll give you the mic, then we'll go to Nicholas. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, yeah so somebody said that the FEC said that these charges, this wasn't something that could be charged. Did that actually happen? Because I don't remember that because Cohen was actually charged. He pleaded guilty to FEC violations, which were in relation to what he did with Trump. So can somebody clarify My that? understanding is the FEC investigate. It, it, look, if they wanted to get this when years ago, when he was president, into an impeachment, they, they would have tried and got it, but they didn't. I think the FEC investigated these payments and determined that there was nothing there. Yeah, what, but wasn't he named as individual one in the charging documents against Michael Cohen, which would essentially put him on this on a higher level than Cohen, since Cohen did it for him, according to don't, the don't documents. forget the fact, though, Ed, that that Cohen was charged primarily with uh, related to to taxi licenses, and that he already had a serious charge against him. There, the FEC did put out a very clear statement and said, "No, this is not uh, FEC violation." But so right, because, Cohen, because they compared it to John to Edwards, because he was, this, this was not even close to John Edwards, and yeah, they yeah, lost but, in the but, Supreme Court on that. So they said. Lily, I, I don't. You, you're saying the FEC put out a, viol, a statement saying it wasn't FEC violations. 
Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to FEC violations. Yeah, and, so, and what I'm saying is he was under duress because he had other serious violations. And this is yeah, a, but, what, but I, I don't, no, I don't no, think on. a judge Ed, would Ed, allow Ed, that. Let me in finish court. what I'm saying, Ed. And this is this is a normal prosecutorial process, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's appropriate or not. Why no, would no, you Jim, not try Jim, to? It, why would you not try to horn? in other things with someone's admission. It's it's almost a forced admission yeah, when it was okay, already but, but, not maybe, a violation. Maybe Fidget, maybe Fidget can answer this better. If the FEC clearly said that it wasn't FEC violations, could he plead guilty to FEC violations? Could Cohen plead guilty to FEC violations if the FEC specifically said that they weren't? No. Yes, he did. He got pressured to reduce his sentence greatly in order to lie to make it up as if it were a campaign violation. It wasn't. So, Pidgeon, you said no? No, I don't believe so. I think the scope is, is defined, uh, predetermined, which is actually, I think, one of the biggest questions here is... Like, like, where is that? Is there an art article that shows the FEC clearly said that these weren't FEC violations because I haven't seen that. I'd like if somebody has the source of that. Robert Costello uh, issued a statement that included the FEC thing. It was on Tucker. Just just shredded, shredded uh, uh, Michael Cohen. But do we actually see a document, a letter from the FEC saying this or is it just Costello's work? I, I think the FEC put a uh, good question. I'm not sure. I, I just I heard it indirectly from uh, from Costello. But that that Cohen was just flat out making it up, and uh, you know he's claiming he was suicidal, and and uh, he, he had definitely the motive. He did he was gonna he, he didn't want to go to jail for that long, and he was really coerced into just pulling something out of his rear end to say, oh yeah, well maybe that really was a, an in kind contribution that 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 violated FEC. FEC didn't find that. If if it were if, uh, an in kind an illegal in kind contribution, don't you think the in impeachment panels one two all the other hoax would have found it? Well, I, I mean that's not what he was impeached for. So I mean they because because it wasn't there. And I know I know you're yeah, all, I, I don't know you, you and Joe an are all that, super sad now that it's not some magical other jaywalking clause or, or cause here. This seems if CNN is right, it's documents and it's the way you classify. The expenditures. This is not. This is a nothing burger, and it's being blown up purposely to try to block him off the ballot in various states. Yeah, it's a pretty I, dumb I, argument. I, I, go ahead, Vigil. There's no way. Listen, is it is it political motivation? Without a doubt. Um, is it solely political motivation? Absolutely not. Would they have brought this? If it was politically motivated in a way that didn't have a lot of meat on the bones, no, they're not stupid. So this is not just a nothing burger. What will it stick? Different question. Will it be beneficial or, or detrimental to his uh, his campaign or the Democratic campaign? Yet to be seen, I would give more credence towards Trump because he he's literally just a megaphone and he's a marketing genius. But to think okay, for a second, let's see. Let's burger. see all the well, other. Really, just let's see. really. Well, Fitchell, like to to that point, though, I mean, wouldn't this help Bragg's, uh, you know, campaign himself there because of the the ideological bent that's actually in that area? Like, isn't this kind of a political move in a positive way for himself? Not if it causes because, an absolute shit show for the entire Democratic Party. Like, that's just that, that's small mind thinking. 
that's fair. That's fair. I was just, you know, wanted to push back a little bit. TJ, go ahead and get in here. Yeah, so the problem with the notion that you can't plead guilty after the FEC found no violation is it just doesn't seem, it's just not true because one, the FEC doesn't handle the criminal side of things. The Department of Justice does based on my understanding of how that works. Second, even whenever there are cases that are not likely to succeed, that's when prosecutors engage in predatory plea bargaining. It happens all the time and courts have done absolutely nothing to stop it. It's 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 bad when it's done to the to to anyone else. It's bad when it's being done with Michael Cohen. It's bad when it's being done no matter who Ask it is. Liv. Now Ask I don't Liv necessarily. <laughs> well, sure, I'm, I mean, I'm fine it, with exactly. I, I mean, the FEC. Excuse me, the FEC dropped their charges against me. I still got convicted for uh, for the same crime. So it's uh, the, the, it doesn't work that way. The FEC dropped the case that I was convicted of. The FEC filed a complaint. Then they dropped it, and they found no wrongdoing, and I still got convicted of it. Let me read out. And I think that that's absolutely ridiculous in my view. Let me read out what Donald Trump Jr. just said. Hold on. Uh, Our corrupt elites aren't threatened by violent criminals on the streets because all of them have private security. They don't care if normal people are being terrorized, but they are threatened by Trump. So again, seeing it being uh, being politicized. Eric Trump, this is... uh, Third, this is third world, and there's both tweets, both on Twitter. This is third world prosecution misconduct, a prosecutorial, prosecutorial misconduct. It is the opportunistic targeting of a political opponent in a campaign year. Uh, Lev, you were saying something? I was saying that, uh, unfortunately, the DOJ doesn't work with the FEC because in my case, the FEC filed a complaint, which the DOJ then picked it up. The FEC then later dropped and found no wrongdoing, and the DOJ still conceded to prosecute me. And convict me on it. And, and and you know what? And here's one thing as well. Like, it's one of those things where like this is kind of bittersweet for me. On the one hand, this is just another case of, in my view, prosecutorial misconduct. On the other hand, it's blowing the doors open and it's showing people exactly how broken our criminal justice system is. And at least there's a, there's that silver lining. Now. Um, and also for people looking for this, um, I could I have an article from the Washington Post um, dated May 6, 2021. I'll post it in here. But the FEC did drop their investigation against Donald Trump on it, saying there was no violation, which frankly, they're kind of the experts on the matter. Um, so the way the FEC is built up, there's it's a five person board. There's always two Republicans. There's always two Democrats and there's always one nonpartisan member. Um, the two Democrats said that it should it should continue. Uh, the two Republicans said it should be dropped, and the tiebreaker was the nonpartisan member who voted that this is not a violation. Um, I'm posting it right now in the in a reply for the Washington Post one, and I um, I'm trying to remember how do I put this up top. There we go. No, like, I wouldn't, just sh- wouldn't that be solid evidence for the defense? If you- just say the FEC said it wasn't a violation. Well, it's but it's, I, more, my, uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, and they I, had to morph it to business records. Right, but, but uh, so in my opinion, the FEC, the FEC knows where every penny goes, every penny. So I mean, to track this, it's a very obvious way. You you just they have every penny, and if it's fraud in there, they would find it. And even when the FEC did drop it, the Southern District was still investigating, and then. They said that they weren't going to prosecute President Trump on this. 
That's yeah, that's great. Hey, John, I know that you're an attorney there in New York as well. I kind of wanted to get your feedback and your feel on this, John. Glad you made it back. Sorry about the glitch. No, no, I'm sorry. I think there's a misunderstanding. I said I thought I got dropped for an attorney. Uh, I am not an attorney. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a former healthcare worker and a post-congressional candidate. I, I'm not an attorney. I just wanted to jump in and discuss how the polarization has gone so far on each side that people are just denying the straight-up evidence. And we're watching people, different Twitter accounts, possible operatives, they're telling people to just ignore the evidence and they keep guiding people to a further polarized state. That's the whole entire point is there's so many people pitting us against each other. At the end of this, we're watching a DA in New York push something right now that in most cases it would be ignored. Uh, they're, they're, they've, they've gone after people for vaccine passports, arrested people in restaurants. They've, they've done all of this, but you can commit a crime, attack somebody with a hammer on the streets of New York City, and then you're brought right back to the street the following day. The, the, the system in New York City makes zero sense. Well, and let's be honest. The FEC did investigate. The Southern District investigated. Cyrus Vance, the previous district attorney for New York, investigated. And they all said this isn't worth prosecuting at all. So the question is, did Bragg come into some new evidence, which it doesn't sound like it. Nothing's been revealed that anything new has come out. And that's what makes it politically motivated. And further, we don't even have to look to the past practices. We just have to look at the fact that Alvin Bragg, throughout his campaign, said he was going to, quote, get Trump. He made that a central part of his platform. Well, and this is something that I've been talking about through this whole thing. It's been really frustrating to me because, again, I believe I believe in due process and I believe, you know, equal equality under the law. And if someone does commit a crime and, and, we, and, and it can be demonstrated and a jury of peers can agree to that and then they should be convicted absolutely but when you run on an entire platform and it's not just it's not just brag Letitia james everybody i'm gonna get trump vote me in i'm gonna get trump and then we start seeing things so it's it's not you're investigating a crime looking for a suspect you're investigating a person trying to find a crime and anything that'll stick and now here we are many many years later and this is what we're doing is, is business expenses this is why i have questions i i to be fair and to bring just to kind of be moderate about this, because I do have questions. If there's something that is there that I don't know about, I'm willing to answer that question. I've been asked this a million times. If there's something there and there is there's there there, then I think it should be addressed. So I, it just doesn't appear at this point. It does appear completely politically motivated. And we have the words of these actual people that are involved in this. And so it is concerning to me. And I, and I think that's where we... Let me let me touch on two things. First, I got the video that, uh, from CNN. I want to just applaud my team for getting it. Thank you, guys. Uh, about the 34 counts of falsifying business records. I haven't listened to it. I'll just uh, play it now. 16 seconds. In the meantime, Joa, um, uh, Joa Santos, who's a regular, he said, Robert, he says the following to you. You keep calling uh, calling it mislabeled expenses when it clearly says misclassified business documents. We don't know what they are. So I don't think we should label it as mis- mislead- mislabeled expenses yet. And then he mentions Trump CFO was charged by Bragg for lying for tax purposes and for loan purposes. So there's a couple of comments here from Joa to you, Robert. Uh, but before, I, I, I'm not sure if you want to respond or other panelists want to jump in, but let me play the clip first. And I'll put it for the audience. I'll put it in the thread as well for anyone that wants to watch it. But let me play the audio now. Um, and I am told by my sources that this is 34 counts of falsification of business records, uh, which is probably a lot of charges uh, involving each document, each thing that was submitted as a separate count um, okay. in a couple of matters. Okay, so that was by uh, 
I can't remember who that was. Nick, uh, that was John Miller. Um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think so, uh, can I, can I Robert, you wanted to jump in. So, yeah, 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 of course. Sure, I mean, if at, at its face, suppose suppose a, a, a bank or somebody would, would falsify business records, if that's what the allegations are, does that mean they're making up fake invoices or are they classifying NDA as legal expenses? I think this came out of the this Dormy Daniels thing from, what, 18 years ago and maybe 10 years ago on an NDA. This is so old. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you can quibble with, with, with whether you call it expenses or records or whatever, but it's just, this is just a farce. It's, all, it's a hoax. We're trying to get Michael Cohen to join us. He did say he's, uh, I think he's not going to be possible because it's a late-minute, last-minute request, um, and usually he needs to be booked in advance. So see, I, I'll see if I, he can jump in for a few minutes. Uh, it'll be great to get his thoughts. Uh, otherwise, any attorneys in the audience or anyone that wants to come up, I've got to tell you, make sure you request. I brought up Joa as well, uh, Robert, so he can respond to you. And before going to TJ, just to tell the audience, um, if you want uh, to, if anyone wants to come up, make sure you DM me, number one. Number two, the newsletter is pinned. I've just pinned it above and it's retweeted on my account. If you want summaries of what we talked about and we notify you next time there's an urgent space. And lastly, everything's being discussed and all the evidence and, and, and comments and quotes that we're mentioning. It's all added in a thread that let me pin on my profile. Uh, it's already pinned on my profile. I'll pin it above as well. If you want to go through it all there, and that's what we're discussing. Everything's being discussed is added to that thread. Uh, but TJ, jump in. Yeah, so I just want to point this all back to, I mean, something that Congress has set up an, its own select subcommittee on, which is the weaponization of the government. This is what I was talking about in terms of, of my discussion back before the 2020 presidential election with uh, Mises Institute President Jeff Dice, the purpose of the Biden administration at this point, the purpose of this prosecution, it's not justice, it's not equal application law, it's punishment. This is all a large swath of, I mean, we're talking about Jacob Chansley. He got 41 months in prison for being escorted throughout the Capitol. Now, I'm not going to dispute the no, like I dispute the findings in, in terms of, but my God, from my understanding, from people who know him, is that he is a Navy veteran who's one of the most gentle, happiest guys that they know. Who, yeah, a little bit on the slow side, but you know what? 41 months over that. Whenever you have individuals with child porn convictions getting less than that, it's absurd and it's egregious. Talking, taking it back to specifically to this prosecution, you're talking about 34 felonies. That is the type of charge that would put Trump in prison for his life if they make him serve that term consecutively. I'm assuming, like most felonies, it's a year in prison or more. Um, further, talking about what I was talking about with predatory plea bargaining. Our conviction rate at the federal level, and I don't know what New York's is, but at the federal level is 97%. And the reason for that isn't because people take it to trial. It's because they're, it's because prosecutors engage in plea bargaining in such a way people feel that their life is over if they don't accept a plea bargain. It leads to false confessions. It leads to false convictions all the time. And it's one of those things where it's like, there's not going to be a plea bargain in this one. I, it, would shock my, it would shock every fiber of my being if Donald Trump accepted a plea bargain in anything regarding this. But once again, it's just this is just emblematic of how broken our criminal justice system is for 34 felonies over uh, 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 over and it's coming down from a prosecutor who said my campaign goal is to get Trump. But, but TJ, do we know that the that 
30, all 34 counts are felonies? I don't know for certain, but if they're talking about modif- if they're talking about alterations of business records, and it's been an investigation that's been going on for so long, and I'm not a lawyer, obviously, and we don't have the full thing, but with the statute of limitations being what it is for the misdemeanors, I could only imagine these being felonies. And frankly, these could be every single record about these so-called legal expenses that Trump paid to, to Trump's firm. I mean, that's the thing, is like when you talk about prosecutors with bad attitudes, just an example, the Supreme Court just handled a federal case where a man was prosecuted under the Armed Career Criminals Act for breaking into a storage unit and stealing stuff out of, out of separate storage units. They tried to make it that each storage unit was one separate offense, one separate timeline. Um, so each, each unit in one piece of property equal to separate felony. So uh, that, in my opinion, that's just how prosecutors act in this way, just based off of my personal observations. Keep in mind... Well, enough for nothing. Keep in mind, this is D.A. Not- Bragg should be out there right now giving a press conference. Instead, he got in his car and drove off. But you did something historic. You should answer to the press and the people about what's going on and what these charges are about. The fact that he got in his Suburban and drove out of there is a little insane. Just keep in mind, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, but again, these are allegations of crimes that that were not done in 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 uh, due with due process constitutional protections of, of the accused. Now we get into a phase if the indictments are lead to a trial. Now then we have both sides building ability to depose people, uh, answer the charges. There's there should be uh, hopefully there be due process in that case. But this this grand jury probably didn't have both sides of the story. They probably didn't have the expertise to evaluate whether these were, you know, how to account for these things, uh, what what you call business records. They probably, I'm sure they're just, they're in over their heads and they, so, they can, so, they can mal- make allegations, but it, let's, if they go to court and they survive all the challenges and statute of limitations, we'll see what happens. So my, my understanding is that we are going to find out the charges in the next few days. Fidgetal, I'm not sure if you're still on, but if you are, I have a question. Um, he's not on my phone. He's oh, it's on. a speaker on mine. Okay. He j- yeah, he dropped out. He dropped out. I, I have a question, if you guys don't mind me jumping in. I'm just curious, anyone here can answer. Um, how do you ensure a fair trial for someone as famous as Trump is? Um, I'm just curious how they're going to go about, you know, making sure that this is even going to be a fair situation for him with all of with everything that's happened in the past, currently the media lies, the Russia hoax um, stuff, all of this, how do they ensure a fair trial? We do have an attorney, Chris. You're an attorney in Joel. Good to have you. Uh, how, how can we ensure it's a fair trial? Because that's a, that's a concern that's been echoed by a lot of uh, panelists over the last few days. Yeah, you know, a couple of things. And let me just set, you know, for, for the record, I mean, obviously, um, President Trump's indicated that he is going to appear, um, you know, and, and he, you know, he will... He will appear in the next couple of days. He will um, almost for certain plead not guilty. Um, and then, you know, there'll be a discovery process that will begin. I know one of the speakers mentioned depositions. This is a criminal case. There's no depositions in a criminal case. Absent some pretty compelling circumstances, there won't be depositions here. Um, but there will be witness disclosure. There'll be document disclosure. There'll be evidence disclosure. And, you know, the lawyers that are representing President Trump will, will look into that. Um, one of the things that, you know, I think I'd be looking at pretty hard would be a motion for a change of venue. 
Um, typically, um, and, you know, I, I will say this, I've represented several January 6th defendants, um, you know, and there has been a concerted effort to try and move those cases out of D.C. Um, none of those motions have succeeded to date. And usually what you hear from a judge is, well, you know, we're going to do voir dire first. And, uh, you know, if I can't sit a fair jury, then we won't, we won't try it. And then you get into the business where the jury gets in the box and everybody promises that they're going to tell the truth. And, you know, everybody promises they can be fair and impartial. And, you know, this is a, I mean, let's be, let's be frank. This is an unfavorable jurisdiction. Um, and, you know, I, I, you ask, how can he get a fair trial? Um, there is a part of me that doubts that he can. Um, you know, this is an unfavorable. Yeah, so, yeah. Chris, Chris, I want, I, I, I want to ask you real quick here because, you know, this has been a, this is one of the most asked questions in the reply section here. Uh, people want to know, will we actually be seeing Trump in New York City, or can they get a change of venue before he's actually arraigned? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the process? No, he'll be arraigned in Manhattan, you know, in, um, they, they call it the Supreme Court in New York. It's the trial-level court, though. Um, you know, it's not like other states where the Supreme Court's the highest court. In New York, the trial court is the is the Supreme Court. He'll be arraigned. Um, a change of venue motion will... Um, will be something that follows over time. And frankly, you know, if I'm representing President Trump, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to I'm going to go and, and and spend some time and some money to to do some polling. Um, you know, the pu federal public defender, um, you know, did a very extensive poll for the January 6th defendants that that a lot of defense counsel that, are, that have been representing those have tried to use to support a change of venue and. You know, I'm going to go, and um, he he will be arraigned in Manhattan. Um, there'll be a, I'm sure, a motion for a change of venue at some point. You know, if, if they're lucky to move it upstate into the into the red areas of the state. Um, Chris, but, I've got you know, Trump, yeah. yeah, Joe. Hey, I worked yeah. on that. I worked on that DC uh, bias poll, and we had we found like 85 percent had uh, actual prejudicial malice towards towards a fair trial in uh, towards the J6 folks there, and it's still couldn't get moved out of dc yep. we wanted to move yeah. it to northern yeah. northern virginia and and you know what you get every single time you file one of these and what and what the response will be here is i'm not by the trial judge and uh, you know we don't even know who that is right now because it's 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 being arraigned and you won't typically get a, a judge role till after the arraignment heck we don't even know what the charges are because the indictment's sealed um one of the speakers incidentally mentioned well why didn't alvin bragg go talk to the media well you don't typically as a prosecutor do that until you've got an unsealed indictment and right now it's sealed so it would be how did cnn get it how did cnn get this stuff it doesn't mean there's not leaks but if he goes out and he starts talking about a sealed indictment he could he could get himself into some trouble so, so to be clear robert it's, i mean cnn didn't say that they've got the actual indictment they said they just said they've been told it's 34 accounts are, are you saying that they said they've actually seen it i don't know how'd they get that information <laughs> Obviously, somebody leaked it, but I, you know, I went looking on the, the internet. Paper. Doesn't mean they saw the actual indictment. Chris, right. I've got a question right. for you. In terms of, um, wasn't CNN pushing the Russia hoax as well? I'm just curious. Yeah, Where so did they Chris, get that information? Yeah. So, Chris, I've got a specific question for you. Um, obviously, when you want to prosecute in a criminal trial, you need uh, beyond reasonable doubt. When it's a civil, you need balance of probabilities. Now, we've been told in the space that when it's a grand jury indictment, the the threshold is very low. So, I mean, how low is it? You know, there's a saying that uh, out there that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich, and that you know that's kind of a wink and a nod. So, the way that the grand jury process typically works is the prosecutor presents his side of the case in the light most favorable to to him. 
Um, there's never any exculpatory evidence or unfavorable evidence to the prosecution that's put in front of that grand jury. And it's probable cause. It's not even more likely than not. It's just, you know, there's some evidence that suggests that maybe, you know, the, the law was violated. And again, it's not been tested. It's not been subject to cross-examination. It's not been subject to, you know, fundamental, what we, you know, the adversarial process and due process that you get in the criminal trial. So, um, I, you know, you cannot... I mean, when, you say probable, when you say probable cause, that's extremely low, isn't it? It, 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 is, it is almost the lowest threshold under the law. The low, very lowest is reasonable suspicion. Just, you know, there's some hunch that a cop can articulate facts on, but probable cause is very low. Um, you know, and, and again, it's not more likely than not that it, 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 it's very low. And remember it's one-sided, um, that grand jury did not hear any defense witnesses. And certainly if I'm president Trump's lawyers, I am never going to put him under oath in that grand jury proceeding. Even if they afford me that opportunity, I'm not going to give the prosecution a free crack at him to potentially incriminate himself. You just don't do it as a lawyer. You don't allow your clients to get exposed to that. And, you know, as Anybody that's represented the January 6th defendant will tell you, you know, so, ha half, the problem, another, another half the problem in those cases are because people talk to the FBI or talk to, you know, to law enforcement. So you don't, you don't ever allow um, somebody yeah, to yeah, a criminal probe to do that. So, but no, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is just sort of their accusations and so, there's probably but, minimal evidence to support it. Right. Okay. But, so based on that, one second, Chris, uh, the, um, so there was a report yet last week that Cohen's ex-lawyer took the stand. So if they're only using, and he was there to essentially refute Cohen, if I'm right. So if he was there, if for that case, then what? Then how does that how does that work with the argument that only the prosecutor's evidence and the prosecutor's witnesses attended the indictment? Um, because my guess is, and I'm sure you guys have seen the same letter I have, where the lawyer penned the letter to the Federal um, Elections Commission that indicated that the money was all Cohen's, it was always Cohen's, and none of it came from Trumpers' organization. Um, you know, if the grand jury saw that, the grand jury has the right to call in witnesses. They don't have to take the lead of the prosecutor. They have the right to demand witness production if they want to. Um, and my guess is, and I'm speculating because I have not seen a grand jury's transcript, um, but my guess is somebody on that grand jury said, listen, this guy penned this letter, said none of it was Cohen. Uh, you know, this entire case rises and falls with Cohen. I want to talk to the lawyer. And, you know... Query whether, uh, query whether or what that lawyer talked about, because anything that's outside the face of that letter, anything that that lawyer got from his client, Michael Cohen, is going to be subject to an attorney-client privilege that I'm guessing, unless Cohen has waived the privilege, that lawyer is not talking about and cannot talk about, you know, subject to losing his license. Hey, Joe, so you think this grand jury is adjourned and, and the people can, they can talk now, the jurors can talk? Only question is to Chris or Joe, and and before you Joe. jump in, Chris or Joe, welcome welcome back to stage. Joe's for you, and welcome back to stage, Joe. Pleasure to have you, and also a bit law. I know you've got experience just for the panelists to know in the audience. You're a licensed attorney and former prosecutor. Prosecuted capital offenses at most trafficked criminal court in the U.S. Would love to weigh in. So so good to have you as well. But Joe, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Also, Joe, I want you to comment on the following. Um, so Trump just tweeted again or posted again a couple of minutes ago. Where's the news group? There it is. They only brought this fake, corrupt and disgraceful charge against me because I stand with the American people and they know that I cannot get a fair trial in New York. So agree or not, it's being politicized, being politicized relatively quickly. 
to Trump's advantage. Would love to get your thoughts. Joel just uh, uh, just dropped out, so would love to get the thoughts of anyone else while I ping Joel yeah, back I up. Ask a bit yeah. you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they can answer your question. No, go ahead. No, no. Ask ask Bitlaw the question. I'll bring Joel back yeah, up. Yeah, Bitlaw. Um, so it, it was on the same line. So I, I mean, specifically, Kristen. I don't know if you answered the question, but why was Cohen's lawyer, who basically was rebutting uh, Cohen's um, testimony, there if we only have the prosecutor's evidence? The second question was, when it came to the actual members of the grand jury in the in the case, how were they selected? And obviously, if I remember right, they had to be a unanimous vote. So if you can just explain that to us, that'd be brilliant. Uh, well, I mean, it varies from, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction um, with respect to the, the grand jury and how many votes you actually need to, you know, affirm the indictment. Uh, from what I gather, you know, in, in my jurisdiction in particular, you know, you do not need unanimity in order to actually get the indictment through. So um, like that other attorney was saying earlier, uh, the bar, uh, the burden of proof, if you will, and the actual bar to actually get an indictment is a lot less than actually to secure conviction when you actually bring the case to trial. Um, you know, but even in, your, in my jurisdiction. Sorry, sorry well, in your, that, I was going to ask that. Yeah. In your jurisdiction, what I mean, what do you need? Just the majority or what is it? No, no, no. Like, let's say you have, uh, you know, 23 members um, on a grand jury. You, had, would, you would need 16 to vote in favor in order to actually push that through. Whereas, you know, with a, uh, a criminal trial and actual to secure the, the conviction on the trial, you would need unanimity between the 12 pack, the 12 jurors. And we even changed that in our jurisdiction. You used to actually just only need 10. But then there was this case, Ramos uh, versus the United States, that actually changed the law so that you needed unanimity in all 50 states. I think it was just our state, Louisiana, and one other state, like Washington or something like that, where you didn't actually need unanimity in a criminal trial to actually secure the conviction. I mean, that's, that's huge because basically you're saying the, the threshold is very low. And then on top of that, you just need, I mean, about 60, 70% of the jury to basically indict and then you can indict the president of the united states yeah let me give you a, i guess an anecdote with respect to indictments you know especially in in my jurisdiction something that i lived and experienced down here we had a uh, a da this guy ran for uh <laughs> the, the role of district attorney down here in my jurisdiction and uh he was actually one of those soros funded da's i think soros backed him to the tune of like something like half a million dollars he ran on a um i think it's called criminal justice reform a progressive prosecution campaign, you know, uh, low bail, low prosecutions, not prosecuting people for, you know, um, less violent offenses, even some violent offenses, you know, he would let them go on, right? When this guy came into office, um, actually, while he was actually running for the position, um, he was indicted in federal court um, uh, by the feds for uh, tax evasion. Right. So they actually brought the indict indictment against him. And like that other attorney was saying earlier, you know, that the feds usually don't bring a case unless they're sure they, they can actually get that conviction. They have like something like a 97 percent conviction rate. So this case, he actually gets elected <laughs> while this indictment is pending. And then he gets in and um, they actually bring the case to trial. And it's one of those things, you know, because the bar to actually get the indictment through is so low when they brought the case to trial, you know, it just fell apart. You know, the feds actually lost this case and, you know, the, the DA beat it. But, you know, here we come full circle. Crime has been just rampant in this city. It's like it's falling apart and all of his 
progressive criminal justice reform initiatives are coming back to bite him in the butt. And, 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 bit, look, and so, to add to that, I mean, I, I, I'm, I've been investigating the Andrew Tate case as well, but it's the same similar issue that basically if you have a scenario where you can basically take someone to trial on such low threshold, everybody knows that the when it comes to trial, there's always trial risk, things things will go wrong, you could be the most innocent person in the world. And so does that give one another cause for concern? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, trial is so unpredictable. And, you know, a lot of it comes down, it's, it's the whole unanimity of the jury. And, you know, I know we were talking earlier about whether or not he could get a fair shake in New York. And probably, you know, no matter what venue they move him to in New York, just given the high profile nature of this case, no matter what you do when trying to, uh, you know, voir dire or try to um, assess these jurors, I don't know if you can ever get to a point where you would have an, a truly impartial jury to the extent that he would ever really get a fair shake one way or the other. And how much institutional damage is done in the process? And I think that's a question that everyone needs to explore. Bitlaw, I have a question. Do you think the bar would be low to try to indict Trump? Like, do you really think a DA yeah. would try that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as, as we've seen before, um, you know, you, you take something, you know, the judicial aspect of the government, the judicial branch is supposed to be impartial. But we've seen, especially recently, that that's not always the case, especially when you throw money behind these campaigns and they become very politicized. You know, DAs, they could run with an affiliation for either side of a political party, whether that be Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, what have you. And so there's always going to be some sort of political animus beside towards any prosecutor, prosecutorial decision that they make. And then that brings up the other uh, important issue that we haven't really touched upon, which is prosecutorial discretion. You know, the DA in most, if not all jurisdictions within the United States at the state level has prosecutorial discretion to bring a case, to bring a charge against the defendant, and then they have the discretion with respect to what to charge that defendant with. And so given how the laws are laid out in New York, there could be some sort of wiggle room where this DA so, was able to finagle let me, some sort let me of... Let pose it to you in a different way. What will happen to him if these are uh, charges or, or indictments that are loosely held together, what happens to his career? Because the way I look at it, he would go the way of Marsha Clark in the OJ trial, like never practice law, be outcast pretty much. If, he, if a DA tried to pull that, it's a president. It's not like a normal citizen. They're going to be held to a higher standard. So, so let me add. Let me add this because I think there's. You cannot remove in a case like this, the politics of it. This is a man who ran, and it's an elected office, and there, and he's responsible to the very blue voters in that district. And he ran on a platform of indicting President Trump, and he secured that indictment. Promises made, promises kept. Um, and you've asked, you know, what um, what happens to him. You know, fundamentally, that's a political question in the jurisdiction. And, you know, I, I think it's an interesting um, question, particularly when you look at what just happened in Chicago with Lori Lightfoot, a career prosecutor, become mayor, who had rampant crime, and the voters of Chicago, and this is a huge blue city, have had enough of defund the police and skyrocketing crime and threw her out of office. And so I guess, you know, I'm back to kind of where I began with this. If you're going to shoot at the king, if you're going to shoot it at the, the, 
former president of the United States, you better convict him because if you don't, I think this guy, especially with the skyrocketing crime, especially with what just happened in Chicago, I think he's done. A bit law. So in the in the uh, is this grand jury finished with their work? It, when they do the indictment, are they done? And can the can the jurors talk? Can the witnesses talk? And I want to contrast that with what happened in Georgia with a special purpose grand jury that shut down. The judge said, and I don't know if this is enforceable, but they said, you know, guys, don't don't talk about it. But yet they send the the jury foreman four, four women, Emily Coors, <laughs> and admit an avowed witch. She's out there on a speaking tour of every major media station. So are we going to hear from any of these grand jurors? You know, it, it depends uh, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And, you know, based on what I've gathered so far, given that uh, this indictment's still sealed, I'm pretty sure that there's some sort of internal gag order um, that's been imposed until, you know, the facts are otherwise changed, unless it's unsealed. And then, you know, I guess depending on, you know, I'm not licensed in New York in particular, but I mean, there could be jurisdictional rules with respect to um, certain privacy aspects as it pertains to grand juries. Why there. did Fulton County parade the jury forewoman around on the media? So, so Joe, and the argument you made in terms of making the comparison with the OJ, that's a totally different comparison. And, and I'll explain why, because here you have a scenario where it will benefit his career because it was specifically a and it looks like a political motivation. Do you think the Democratic Party is not going to... I, I think the Democratic Party is divided on this. A lot of Democrats think it'll strengthen, it will strengthen his base. Right now, some of his base is looking at DeSantis. Some of his base, although a smaller percentage, might be looking at uh, Vivek, right? His base is not completely uniform. He still has this core, core audience, but there's a wider part of his base that's still looking at other places. This, I think, will strengthen him because this will cement him as yeah, the yeah, person going against the deep state. I agree with that, but the, the argument I'm making is that when you have a scenario where you've basically been part of a political hit job and you've basically been pressured into it, because remember, this is the same person who didn't want to do it in the first place, then you are doing it because you think that the prospects are going to be great for making said move. So it's totally different to the OG case, is, is my argument. Um, <laughs> I Yes, it, ahead, yes, it is different, but you have a lot of Democrats who oppose this, and, and you've heard it today. Even if 30% even if of Democrats uh, oppose, that, that's fine. But when this person has decided to make this move, after deciding not to make the move in the first place, they've done it based on some political motivation, and they see some kind of benefit in doing so. So I think it's just a totally different case. That they, if they, you, he's weighed up the scenario, looked so, at the benefits of making that move, and they made it. Suleiman, if me and you were rooting for the same soccer team, right, and I did something that made you look like you have egg on your face, how much are you going to like me? I don't think you're well, going to like me very much. So I won't he, like he, you very much, but then if you said to me, like, obviously I wouldn't take it because some people will said to you, say, if you just said to some people, guess what, I'm going to throw egg on your face, but I'm going to give you, you know, a million pounds as an example, they'll be like, you know what, actually, yeah, throw an egg on my face, so I don't mind a million bucks. So, again, there needs to be, there needs to look at the extra factors. That's the British humor. So, so let me let me. So Chuck Schumer uh, post tweeted the following about fifteen minutes ago, 10, 15 minutes ago. Donald Trump is subject to the same laws as every American. He will be to avail himself of the legal system and a jury, not politics, to determine his fate according to the facts and the law. So that was by Chuck Schumer uh, just a few minutes ago. So we're seeing two different narratives, but Ira, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. 
Um, what, what do you think so far? Like, is there is there truth? I know as as uh, you do represent Kim.com, and I know Kim.com has has pretty strong opinions on this. But is there is could we see charges that make this potentially not politically motivated? And what I want to say is politically motivated and politically influenced are two different things. There could be enough evidence for an indictment, but then. They, they, you know, they still has political influence on top of it, or there might not even be enough evidence, and the entire indictment is is sparked by politics. Uh, where do you stand on this, uh, Ira? Well, I have a lot of questions, and um, I, you know, I did go back and take a look at the confidentiality agreement. Obviously, none of us were in the grand jury room. We don't have access to the evidence. I have not seen the indictment. But I have a lot of questions, and uh, so I need to have those questions answered. But right now, you know, I'm apolitical. I'm located in the Silicon Valley area. You know, I'm probably, uh, you know, socially, you know, liberal, economically conservative, like other people in Silicon Valley. But I'm looking at this right now. I look at the uh, confidentiality agreement, and I say to myself, the confidentiality agreement requires what? that the agreement itself <laughs> remain confidential. So you now you have a lawyer, Cohen, working on this, and he's trying to figure out what to do. Presumably, Trump is on the advice of counsel with him. I'm thinking that his legal team is saying, well, how do we do this legally? How do we retain his privacy? How do we honor the confidentiality agreement so that we don't inadvertently disclose something even in our own business records? And if those folks are mistaken on it, that may be, that's fine. But that's not likely the mens rea you need in order to prove out a felony against the client of the lawyers who literally are the intermediaries on this. So I have questions. Yes, go ahead. I mean, isn't that a problem what we're seeing in the West anyway, that essentially we've seen it throughout the last five years or maybe even 10 years where confidentiality agreements, NDAs, are essentially not not worth the paper they're written on? Um, isn't Isn't that like a larger cause of concern? Maybe, but, you know, I've seen a lot of cases, you know, mostly on the federal level with the wire fraud statute, where prosecutors are trying to convert contractual issues, civil issues, into criminal ones. And right here, if there's like a an interpretation where you have legal expenses, because presumably, and again, I don't know all the details, I'm sure I could change my mind on this, but where Michael Cohen is funding this, which is a legal expense, and he's, he's trying to maintain the confidentiality, and he forwards all this, and he does all this, maybe even on his own. And now he gets reimbursed for a legal expense. If it's one rational interpretation of what you put into the business record, it should be game over. People shouldn't be data mining business records to try to find crimes. I can promise you this. I've handled some of the largest cases probably in U.S. history, the largest criminal copyright case and a large number of class actions, we have millions of pages of business records that we've analyzed over the years. Anecdotally, if I had to put a number on it, I would say probably a quarter of all business entries could be arguably inaccurate. They, they vary from being too general, you know, legal expenses, to being lies. And if you were to be allowed to data mine quicken entries and business records and entries into accounting systems to find misdemeanors and arguably here felonies, then everybody's going to get prosecuted 
prosecutorial discretion goes out the window, you could just find someone you don't like and make 30 to thousands of counts. So for me, I'm having big problems with this. I got I have a lot of questions, and it starts with, did the lawyers take care to make sure that they were not committing a crime, or did they throw Trump under the bus? And I, I just want to, I want to see a lot more before I could come to the conclusion that this is not politically motivated. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. And I, I would like to see that more as well. Ira, I think you're making a valid point there. And Matt, you and I have been talking in the background. You said you had a statement out of Trump's camp? Yeah, Kalen Doerr, who was Trump's 2020 uh, chief marketing officer, he'll more than likely fulfill that role in 2024 alongside Jason Miller. Uh, just put out a statement says, remember, when you feel alone, they win. Let this be a rallying cry against the radical left. Anyone who doesn't see this for what it is is willfully ignorant. Um, I think that you know, there's been a lot of people that have been here have said the same thing. This is going to be a, an interesting uh, scenario to see how this plays out, uh, gentlemen and, and, and ladies, because I think it's going to be a, a situation where uh, it's going to rally his base. It's going to rally those, especially with DeSantis saying he won't allow extradition. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens and see what type of unification happens here on the right. Uh, with that being said, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I've got some pretty good ones that represent me, thank God, and, and they're, they're needed. Trump has some of the best as well. Um, you know, you've got guys like, you know, Ira, who has the same qualms that my attorneys do, as well as, you know, Alan Dershowitz and others. So, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what really happens here. But at the end of the day, uh, I would say, I'll say this much. If Trump doesn't have record fundraising this weekend, um, I would be stunned if they're not making an announcement Monday or Tuesday about record fundraising. I'll yield back. Okay, yeah, so I, I want to jump in here real quick with some news. It looks like the New York Times is reporting that Trump is expected to turn himself in on Tuesday, and they are citing his defense attorney. So, uh, so from what we know right now, it looks like Trump will probably be in New York City on the ground turning himself in to go get potentially, as we heard earlier, fingerprinted and photographed, um, and most likely released the same day. I, I love, I love how, I, I love how he said. He said earlier he's gonna bring, and I would do the same. He's gonna bring his own photographers to get those nice shots for the political campaign, which I think is this smart. would be the I this would be that. the easiest not guilty plea in history. And um, by the way, you know, the poor people of New York suffering through Alvin Bragg. Look at the subway crime. Look at look at even Signature Bank. Our Signature Bank just had a four hundred million dollar Chinese crypto fraud that helped take it down. Is Alvin Bragg working on that? There's some real things that are going on in New York that that are much more important than than business record jaywalking. Um, it's all a bit crazy, isn't it? Um, uh, Mario asked me to pop in. Uh, quite weirdly, I just did a TV thing in the UK, uh, uh, commenting on the Trump indictment with uh, Seb. So um, they interviewed um, uh, Seb first and uh, about what was going on, and he did his usual impressive, brilliant stuff. Um, but then we got on more to the irony of, of how this compares and how this is being seen in the UK and, and most probably in Europe and, and wider. When you think about it, the, the crazy situation that Boris Johnson became the first British prime minister, uh, effectively, to come under a charge. Um, 
a lot of uh, to's and fro's about whether or not it was a criminal charge because effectively the coronavirus laws that were brought in that Boris Johnson broke uh, his own laws uh, even more ironically were were laws that were not laws in in the correct sense of of being put into the legislature um because it was in a bizarre time period um but having said that you know party gate as it was known it was broken there's also obviously accusations because it's come all back up again with more information coming in that Rishi Sunak, our current Prime Minister, is part of this broken thing. But what was interesting and what I was discussing is um, effectively uh, in the UK as we look at it, there was a lot of money that went astray during the coronavirus period. So in the way that a political party and a politician themselves, I mean you break it down into states, but each politician has to account for every payment that's made. Now whilst this might be a payment to somebody who's a female who is uh, of a certain different type of career and wouldn't be the normal sort of thing that a politician or a political party would be paying to, the question arose as to whether or not um, in the UK we've had a lot of nepotism, we had a lot of coronavirus money going to people who were brothers or sisters or had PPE companies companies, all the rest of it. Why is it that this has become particularly personal to Trump and it's not something that is being seen as an accountant type transaction, a business transaction, a transfer of money? That is the interesting thing. I'd really like somebody to try and ooh, make it a bit clearer for me because that's different to what's happened in the UK. Let, let me let me ask Ira a question because maybe it talks about what you were just speaking about, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think it went a little left, but Ira, I'm looking not only at this whole Stormy Daniels thing, I'm looking at what happened to Alan Weisselberg and what he was being charged with and the fact that Bragg was involved in that. And there is, he did plead guilty to a $1.7 million compensation off the books. What would happen to a boss of an organization who pays an employee $1.7 million off the books? Is it a prison term? Is it a fine? Is it a misdemeanor? Is it a federal charge? Because I think there's a lot in the Alan Weisselberg case that we're going to wind up seeing here because it, it seems like he is participating with Bragg. All right. I, I don't know too much about Alan's case. I certainly read about it in the press. So I don't want to, I don't want to opine on it. I just, know, I just do not know the details. I'm sitting here looking at what's going on right now with this current indictment, which we're about to see. And opined on that, but uh, I don't want to. I, I don't know if there's a metaphor even for for the Weisselberg situation, because I mean this is a this is a fact pattern which is incredible. You have a lawyer who presumably has giving the advice of counsel, who's designed to do things that are compliant with the law, taking it upon himself to do something, and now somehow that translates to a criminal mens rea for his client. Um, I got to learn a lot more about what the communications were between Michael Cohen and Trump and the evolution of that. And so I don't know if this maps well to the to the Alan Weisselberg situation. So that's my un unproductive answer. May I take that? The, uh, the allegations in Weisselberg were that there were tuition reimbursement or a corporate apartment or you know some things like you know airline miles you know that weren't weren't it, reported it wasn't on taxes. A it wasn't a corporate apartment. He lived there more than majority of the year. No, I know it's the it's but the corporation was paying for the apartment 
and that should have been treated as income to him. That was the allegation. Same thing with the, I think it was tuition reimbursement, something like that. So yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. I, I believe that's a very common practice, probably rarely, very rarely enforced on income. I think there are probably tens of thousands of other businesses in New York City that do the exact same thing. I think this is a very selective prosecution. I don't know if we talked about this, but Trump just posted on Truth Social. Did you guys discuss it? So he just posted. Bro, he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop posting. Yeah, he which posted one? many times. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good post. I like it because they only brought this fake, corrupt, and disgraceful charge against me because oh, I stand man. with the American people. And then yeah, yeah, I read that one. Like, I read, yeah. and my question, yeah, yeah, and my question was like, it, also, you can't. We cannot say this was not. Will not, will not benefit him politically. I'd love to get all source and let's see who's on the panel. We've got Heather's on the panel as well. Heather, all source. Is there any way this doesn't help him politically? I mean, I think this is obviously going to help him, but I don't think he needed the help to begin with. Um, one of the things in a space that, that I was in before this, somebody brought up that one, an indictment is basically the equivalent of what we saw with the uh, special grand jury in Georgia and the January 6th committee. It's a one-sided presentation of evidence, right? So Trump's defense attorneys were not allowed to present to this grand jury. It was very narrow-scoped, one-sided. So an indictment, you could basically indict anyone of anything because you can create a narrow scope that creates a certain you know, outcome, but it doesn't necessarily mean that in the end he's going to be convicted. One of the things that was pointed out was that the establishment, which has been backing his opponent, Ron Santis, who actually put out a statement not too long ago saying that he was not going to be involved in the extradition process of Donald Trump being removed from Florida, right? He actually came out and said that now... But he didn't say it earlier when these charges were first being floated in the media. So one of the things that was brought up in a previous space is the fact that this district attorney that's going after Donald Trump is Soros funded. And Soros came out publicly saying that he believed DeSantis was going to beat Donald Trump. So one of the theories is, is this political theater being waged right now against Donald Trump to make DeSantis look good. So I just want to throw that into the conversation because Soros did come out saying DeSantis was better than Trump and it was going to be Trump. And he's also backing the very attorney that's going after Trump in this decision. And DeSantis was quiet on two things. He was quiet on the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago despite making a campaign ad during his run for governor, calling himself a pit bull Trump defender. He did not defend Trump when Trump's home was raided by the FBI. And then two, when this first false surfacing in the media, DeSantis' team actually said they weren't going to be a part of it. So there's a lot of unanswered questions of what's, going, what's really going on here. But as we've seen with President Trump for the last four years, four plus years, there's a lot of so on this point, actually, I want also to think it's a good time for you to jump in. Uh, I'll read out what Ben Collins uh, said. Um, and it's funny time. He said it just as you were speaking, um, I think five minutes ago.
follow us via Twitter. Just a reminder as the...